You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now joined by Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. Happy New Year, Greg. Hello. Is everything fixed with the Patriots after today's win? <laughs> Happy New Year, Jim. Welcome back. Uh, is everything fixed? Um, no. I mean, this was not an NFL football game. That was not an NFL opponent. Certainly nothing like they're going to see in the postseason. Uh, but, you know, it was a good preseason game. And uh, we'll see next week when they go down to Miami and – uh, they play a team that got waxed today by the Titans, but uh, at least we know that team knows how to play the Patriots. We'll give them trouble. We'll certainly test Mac Jones in the offense, and so uh, we'll see what happens. Hey, Greg, uh, I know I feel the same way you do. It's, yeah, it's just another game against the Jags. Anything positive to take away or negative from this game? Uh, you know, I guess, I mean, certainly, I mean, Positive wise, you know, outside of the extra point, whatever was going on with those two missed extra points, um, I thought in all three phases they executed uh, much better. Uh, I don't think it was perfect, but I I think the biggest thing that I take away in terms of a positive is just a good confidence game for Mac Jones in the passing offense. I mean, they were back to sort of what we've seen with you know seventy three percent completions. He's completing it to different guys. Everybody sort of touched the ball. And contributed, you know, Christian Wilkerson uh, getting involved for uh, apparently a uh, benched and, and probably forgotten uh, Nikhil Harry. Uh, getting two touchdowns and getting involved uh, I thought was good. So I just think, I think to me the biggest positive from this game was just the passing offense having a good, uh, you know, sort of exercise um exhibition that they could go out there and get some confidence some live bullets because I think they were you know somewhat under the gun the previous two weeks certainly the way they started and I I thought today was a good way for them to uh, take a baby step in the right direction but now can they stack success especially against better teams and do you think that Wilkerson sticks or you know he should get another shot against Miami and maybe some drops pop up with him again and what Nikhil Harry gets his job back like did, did Wilkerson do enough today to basically take Nikhil Harry's spot on uh, you know, on the depth chart I don't know if he did enough to take his job and we don't know whether this was just a temporary message uh sent to Nikhil and you know they'll want to see how he rebounds this week and how he practices from what Wilkerson said in the post-game press conference he didn't know until Friday or Saturday that he was going to be elevated uh, to me, that's an indication that something happened um, late in the week with Nikhil. Maybe they just didn't like how he practiced, and they're trying to send him one last message. But I think 
I think he's out of messages at this point. I mean, I think they, I think they sort of move on. I think as we, as we go here against the Dolphins and in the postseason, look, remember, let's go back to where this team started the season, and everybody's you know freaking out about the wide receivers. What do they have? You know, Aguilar hopefully will be back at some point, but this remember this is still a two tight end team. This is you know one running back, two tight ends, or two backs and you know, two tight ends, one wide receiver, whatever. It's a very it, – receivers are not the focal point of this offense. And so there are limited snaps in any event. I think that Kendrick Bourne uh, certainly has rebounded from his COVID stint where he said that that was giving him issues. He looks a lot better. He's certainly one of the more valuable guys they have on on the team. Jacoby's not going anywhere. And, you know, so I, could I see Wilkerson – fitting into that three or four role if they need be. Yeah, certainly. And the thing about Wilkerson is that he's also good on special teams. So a lot of the little things that people want to say that Nikhil Harry does well, like his quote-unquote blocking, uh, Wilkerson could do that. He's a big, strong kid. And so it would not surprise me in the least if that's the last we've seen of Nikhil Harry in a Patriots uniform, barring injury. Hey, Greg, uh, just one thing with Christian Wilkerson. We've gotten a lot of calls today. Uh, with people thinking, hey, is this the guy that could get involved, the deep threat? If you know about him, he played in the Ohio Ohio Valley Conference, like small school. He latched on with the Titans. They really liked him, released him. The Pats picked him up. He's been here for a bit. Drops seem to be his biggest thing. But if he is that fourth receiver, can he block? Is that something he can do? Because we see Nikhil Harry out there a lot. We give him credit for doing it. Is it something Christian Wilkerson can do if he's if he has to be on the yeah, field for it? He, yeah, he he he's a big he's a big strong kid, and you know to answer people's questions, no, he's not sort of any answer to anything. Uh, the most he's probably going to be is a three or four wide receiver or a fifth wide receiver in the NFL who contributes on special teams. Uh, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, during the off during training camp and the preseason. Very inconsistent. He would look like a world beater one practice and couldn't catch a cold uh, the next practice. Uh, he's a good guy to have around. Um, you know, seems to know what he's doing. It looked like he adjusted to some play calls uh, really well today. Even anticipated a few uh, checks and alerts by by Mac Jones. So I think he fits into what they do. But you know, look, it's it's uh, you know if healthy, it's you know Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, and then, you know, sort of Wilkerson and Gunnar Olszewski. Uh, You know, I look at that as their sort of, you know, their five-man unit right now, and I think Nikhil Harry is uh, on the outside looking in, and, you know, it's I I would say it's more likely than not, unless he shows up on Wednesday in his world beater in practice, that, you know, he could be inactive for the, the rest of the way here. Talking to Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, who joins us each and every post game here. Check them out, bostonsportsjournal.com. The Patriots defeat the Jaguars 50-10. to 10. For the opposition, Greg, is that as bad a football operation you've watched in some time? Yeah, I mean, look, th- that Jaguars team, even fully healthy and everything, was a bad football team. Um, sure, they surprised a couple people, the Dolphins and the Bills, but, I mean, it, it you know, that, that happens once in a while, and that's when you have everything going. You know, to be ravaged like they are with COVID on top of that and the interim, uh, you know, head coach and 
and Trevor Lawrence is being, I mean, God, I feel so bad for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, when they're showing pictures of Daryl Bevel as <laughs> acting as the head coach and then Brian Schottenheimer is the offensive coordinator, it's like, you know, the kid doesn't have a chance. So, uh, yeah, that was, it was awful. It was one of the worst NFL teams I have ever seen. I covered the Dolphins in some lean years, so I've seen a lot of bad football. I, I've seen I, I watched the the uh, the Owen sixteen Lions, and I think I, I think that was two thousand and eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, uh, I saw that team up close twice. Uh, this team in its current state is right there with that team. And so is that. I look. I know it's one of thirty two, and everyone wants to be a head coach that's never gotten that opportunity. But you look at this today. Is is that a, really that an attractive job? So say that you know they they decided, hey, you know what, we're maybe interested in Josh McDaniels. Does Josh now look at that and say? I know they got Trevor Lawrence, but you know what? I'm good. Well, it, it all starts, Jim, with how they want to set things up. I mean, you know, when when you deal with uh, some of these franchises and, um, you know, and, and this goes for McDaniel's interview with the Browns. Um, recently, he interviewed with uh, the Eagles. Um, you know, these are, these are teams that, often have a structure in place that they just want a head coach to fit in and just be a head coach and kind of know their place. And Josh McDaniels just has, you know, different ideas on how to run an organization. And if the Jaguars came to Josh McDaniels and said, look, we know we are completely lost. We have no idea what we're doing as an NFL franchise. We want you to come in and spearhead everything, including, you know, handpicking your personnel guy, you know, what do you want to do in in every single aspect of the football operations, then I think he would be willing to listen. And, you know, it would be a low bar and you get to start from scratch and you do have a quarterback that, you know, at this point is not a complete lost cause, but he will be in the next year or two if it's not corrected. And I think he would have some interest, but, you know, without that, there's no way I think he seriously entertains that job. More with uh, Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. You want to join us? Uh, ask Greg a question. 617-779-0985 or have your voice heard after the Patriots beat up at the Jacks today, 50-10. to 10. More of that coming up here on the Sean's Patriots postgame show. But first, the headlines with Joe Murray. Are you ready? Music of the game brought to you by Live Nation. Don't miss Corn live in concert with very special guests Chevelle and Code Orange. March 16th at the Dunk. Dunkin' Donuts Center on Saturday, March 19th at the SNHU Arena. Get tickets at LiveNation.com. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's one of those bands. I believe this, Joe. It's the Sean's Patriots postgame show. Jim Murray, Joe Murray, Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. They're a band that people are like, ah, oh, that was just a, that's a band from that time, late 90s, early 2000s. I never liked them. You did. Everyone liked them and everyone liked Limp Biscuit. It was like the steroid era in baseball. You loved it then. Mm-hmm. Don't pretend to not like it now because it's like the hip thing to do. You loved them then. Don't lie to yourself. I think Bedard was a, was a headbanger, right? Yeah, with the seven-string bass. You and Fieldy, you right, and Fieldy. right, Bedard? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think uh, you two and uh, Darius Rucker and uh, Hootie were a little bit more my style back then. So they're in the playoffs, right? So the Patriots now officially have a playoff spot. Um, is this... Did the did the perspective change for you, Greg? In that, like, so okay, you know, I do think that they should be applauded, and Bill Belichick should be applauded after last year's down year, seven and nine with Cam Newton. It looked like it was rudderless; they had no answer at quarterback. But because of the seven game winning streak that they had, did your perspective change? And now, like, you know, if they were to be one and done, 
Is it a disappointing season? Like, it's good that they've gotten here and it's a hell of a turnaround, but did the expectations now change because of the, the that, that winning streak more than anything else? Well, I think it depends on the matchup, and, and right now it's the Buffalo. It's the Bills in Buffalo. Yep. Um, you know, we'll see how things shake out. Uh, if they were to go to Buffalo and lose – uh, after beating Miami in the season finale, would I be disappointed? A little bit, but I think that would be a good step forward for this team. I mean, I think in my preseason prediction, I had 11-6, and six and I had them uh, w- uh, winning, I think, a first-round game. And, uh, you know, so if they, didn't, if they didn't win that, I mean, I like the Patriots' chances in a rematch. Um, I just think they played awful uh, defensively. Uh, the last time out against the Bills, um, if it's the if they meet the Bengals and they lose, yeah, I would be disappointed. I mean, I think that offense is going to be a handful, but I don't think much of the Bengals' defense at all. And I would be disappointed if Mac Jones and the offense uh, didn't put up enough points uh, to win that game. It'll be on the defense. We'll see. But you know, shorter answer is I'd be slightly disappointed if they lost in the first round of the playoffs. But I I don't think it would be a a huge disappointment. I, I did not look at this team because of their seven game winning streak and say, Oh, well, you know, they're a contender. I will say, you know, the Patriots have to be kicking themselves. All they had to do was split the Colts and the bills game. And they would be the number one seed in the AFC and be in the driver's seat. So from that perspective, I would say it's a disappointment, but this is right where they should be. And uh, as long as they're in a playoff game and fighting to the end, uh, I think I'll be okay with that. Hey, Greg, I know uh, Jim was out uh, this week, but and I know you were on a lot with the Sports Hub and a lot of talk about splinters maybe within the team and, and coming together. Did you hear anything else this week, and was anything solved? And, and the, only, the only reason why I bring that up is, yeah, you, you beat the Jaguars today. Like, everyone's happy, but, like, I don't know. Is anything still solved in, the, in that locker room? You just said it. They... If they could have just split, they'd still be the number one seed in the uh, AFC here. Yeah, I, nothing was solved, uh, Joe. And, you know, I I didn't really hear too much about that. I mean, I just to me, it was just watching the film, and I watched it too much, the defensive film from the Bills game. It was just completely puzzling the way that they played, and, and it was a bunch of guys who, um, you know, a handful of guys who weren't, quote-unquote, doing their job. Um, and you know, being in the proper rush lanes and, and not helping out each other in coverage. And, and, you know, I'm not sure what Matthew Judon was doing against the bills in that entire game. I don't know if that was a game plan choice, just poorly made by the coaches or what, Uh, you know, but no, nothing was solved today. We're not going to know the guts of this team. I mean, it's all well and good that everyone's all happy with, oh, 50-burger, and we're doing this, and Mac Jones is making Bill laugh on the sideline, and that's all great, but it doesn't mean jack. You know, it. The, you were – this – the good times like this do not reveal the character of the team. And it was nice that they came back in Indy, and it was nice that they came back in Buffalo – but the bigger question is, why did they fall behind 44-7 to in those games? And the true character of this team is not going to be revealed until they face opponents that are going to stress this team, especially on defense. Are they going to have the stuff uh, to hold up over 60 minutes against a good offense? Um, you know, we're not sure the answer of that after what happened in, in Indianapolis, especially what happened against the Bills. And so I think, and I'm just, I'm in the middle of 
penning my column and it's sort of, you know, the headline is about like their prove it tour is about to start. And, you know, to me, just like the seven game win streak, uh, nothing was really proven. And when, when they were, the, they were put to the metal, they failed. They just did. And, and, you know, now we'll see, can they come together? Can they execute against good teams? I don't care what you do against the Jaguars. I care what you do against Buffalo here, Buffalo there, Cincinnati, those type of teams. This game doesn't tell me anything. All right, we'll get some of your calls with Greg Bedard at 617-779-0985. Coming up next here as the Patriots blow out the Jacksonville Jaguars today, 50-10. to 10. Again, 617-779-0985. That's coming up next here in the Safety Insurance. 98.5 of Sports of Patriots Radio Network. Harris, the single back, already with one touchdown today. Damien takes the give, runs it right, cuts it back to the middle, takes it to the house, touchdown, Patriots! This kid looks like he's a different back than he did earlier in the year. There was nothing wrong with him earlier. He's impressive right now with the cutbacks, with the power runs. That's from seven yards out. Another big, big touchdown for the offense to start this game. Damian Harris with the seven-yard touchdown run to make it 14-3 New England at the time and route to their 50-10 blowout of the Jacksonville Jaguars at Gillette Stadium today. Again, as a team, Patriots rushing for four touchdowns. Two from Rondre Stevenson, two from the aforementioned Damian Harris, who had 35 yards on nine carries today. Verizon teaming up with Damian Harris of the New England Patriots for rushing to help first responders this season to honor New England's first responders. Nominate your first responder now on the contest page at 98.5 The Sports Hub. Dot com. Back here in the Shaw's Patriots postgame show, Jim Murray, Joe Murray, joined by Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. Damian Harris left this game uh, late, Greg, with a hamstring issue, but said he was okay after the game. Um, you know, he's been dinged up at times throughout the season. If Is he like the cog that makes the Patriots offense really go here? Or if he were to go down, is Ramondre Stevenson enough? Yeah, no, I think they're fine. Uh, you know, if one of them goes down, as long as they have one in Brandon Bolden, I think they're fine at the running back uh, position. It would have been nice to, you know, have J.J. Taylor active and maybe get him a couple touches in this game. But I guess that's that's a lost cause at this point because um, this would have been the type of game where you could have done that, but they decided not to do it. They must not think he's ready. But I I think they're fine at at running back and you know that hamstring is something you you need to watch he had a heavy workload last week uh it was good to get stevenson back he didn't look like he missed much of anything he uh he looked really good out there but i think they're i think they're good at back miles bryant bounced back after last week had an interception um just i i guess we got to keep hitting on last week i know we've kind of talked about it a lot but was that just giving it to josh allen and Hey, he doesn't take it, and he finally took it, and it's just Miles Bryant got exposed. I, he went back out there, made a big play this week, and uh, I think that's at least a confidence booster for him going forward. Yeah, but I I didn't think, after watching the film, I did not think that Miles Bryant was exposed. I thought the Patriots' lack of pass rush and their total disorganization up front, their play calls, their entire game plan in that game uh, exposed a lot of people on that defense. And so, you know, I'm – you can't you can't allow and and I I wrote a column on this and I posted Isaiah McKenzie's route tree on uh on BSJ and you know he basically ran unfettered all over the field and was catching balls like very late in the down I mean that's you don't play defense that way and if the Patriots expect to play defense that way say they see the Bills in the playoffs 
the same thing is going to happen. You've got to get the ball out in under three seconds. You have to play coverage in under three seconds. And, and too often in that game, it was over three seconds, over four seconds, and nobody can play coverage uh, like that. And Isaiah McKenzie, tip of the cap, he had a great game. But certainly Josh Allen made a handful of throws that were just unbelievable. But uh, I did not think he was great in that game. I, I thought that, um, you know, the Patriots had some opportunities. And, yeah, it was good for Bryant to get his hands on a on a tip pass today. Um, you know, but I still think the kid's a good player. And to me, the, the this season is going to be determined by how well the Patriots rush the passer because it has been proven out, whether it's linebacker or in the secondary, if they don't get enough pressure on the quarterback, they can't cover in the back. Craig in the car uh, with a thought on today's blowout win over the Jaguars. Go ahead, Craig. You're next here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame show. Hello, Craig. Oh, we lost Craig. All right. Well, Pat and Franklin, you're up here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame show with Jim Murray, Joe Murray, and Greg Bedard. Hello, Pat. Hey, boys. Hi. Hey. Uh, Jim, uh, I love the five questions. We, the, we, it, it's, it's, we, we tune in to watch that if we can. Hey, Greg. Yep. Josh Allen today. So, so I have a red zone. I, 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 don't, I can't watch every game. He had three picks today. Um, mm-hmm. But then in the second half, he delivered, right? I, so I guess my question to you, Greg, is do you, wanna, do you want the Patriots to play the Bills in that first playoff game because you think Josh might go back to being Josh? Or do you feel like the Bills are just a better team now? That's, that, this is my question to you, Greg. Thanks, Pat. Uh, do you do you think that that's maybe at least for that first round the best possible matchup? Just in terms of familiarity, and I know you, like me, aren't the biggest Josh Allen guys. Like, again, three picks for him today. And the couple that I saw, two of the three, one in the end zone was like, oh, it's just typical Josh Allen making a horrific decision. I mean, I think his passer rating was like a 17 in this game. And, and, you know, give him credit. He ran the ball well. He's, you know, he's a big hoss. He's tough to bring down. And, and uh, you know, they sort of exploited a soft Falcons defense that looked like a typical warm-weather Southern team playing in the snow that didn't want to be there and certainly didn't want to tackle Josh Allen. But uh, besides that, uh, you know, I, I think if it were up to me, I, I think that if I had a preferred list, Cincinnati would top my list just because they haven't been there. I think a lot of Joe Burrow. I think a lot of Jamar Chase. Uh, I don't love their offensive line. Uh, Bill Belichick has a lot of success. Zach Taylor's a um, Sean McVay knockoff and not a very good one. Um, you know, I, I I like the Patriots being able to scheme up against them and Burrow, even though I do. I think Burrow is excellent. I really do. I think he's on the precipice of being a top-five quarterback. Uh, I would take him over, you know, say Josh Allen. Uh, next up for me, uh, I would think I don't. I don't want to see the Titans. I don't. I mean, I know it would be a tough, grinded out game, but you know the reports are that Derrick Henry's coming back, that he's going to be ready to go. That team has figured out a way to play. They're getting guys back. Uh, they put a beat down on the Dolphins today. They're very physical. I I don't want to see the Titans. Uh, I, I think I would rather see the Chiefs. I mean, but I think I would put Buffalo after Cincinnati just because you know what to expect. I do think Buffalo is more talented than the Patriots. Uh, there's, there's no question to me, and I think their defense has figured out some things against the uh, against the, the Patriots, at least you know with Mac Jones in his first year as a rookie quarterback. Um, but 
I do think that there's a formula to limit them offensively. The Patriots have done it for the most part outside of this last matchup. And again, I, 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 it's unexplainable to me how they played in that game because I've never seen them play that way. They played awful. And I think they'll be much better the second time around. But I would not say that the Bills are at the top of my list to play, uh, but they're near the top. Hey, Greg, just having some fun with it. Uh, going into the game today, Mac Jones was uh, the favorite to win the rookie of the year. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, did, have you watched Jamar Chase over the last couple of weeks? And did, I don't know if you saw this catch that he had today on third down tie game down the sideline. Incredible what he has done uh, for that team. But do you think in general all the quarterback will always get it in these spots? Or And I guess I should ask you, like, who's been more important to their team, Chase or Mac Jones? I know my, some people might say it is Mac Jones, but – I don't know. I just like what the Bengals have done over the last couple of weeks has been very impressive to me. Yeah. To answer your question, uh, I haven't seen a lot of chase. I did see the, uh, the highlights today and they were obviously impressive. I do think he missed some time with an injury, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which, you know, could affect his status, but, you know, to me, um, you know, just sort of what you laid out and what the Bengals are doing. And, and I don't think that they have a great defense and they need to score a lot on offense. Uh, I would seriously consider Jamar Chase. I mean, look, Mac Jones has had a really good rookie season and he's been important to what the Patriots uh, have done. Um, my thing is, has, has Mac Jones delivered that sort of signature moment like Jamar Chase did today in a humongous game against the Chiefs just time and time again. Well, you know the Chiefs are trying to stop him, and they couldn't. I just, you know, depending on how everything else sort of falls as far as Jamar Chase over the course of the season and the stats, uh, you know, that could be the thing that puts him over the top. To me, I have yet to see a, a signature Mac Jones uh, a game, but there's no question he's he's had an, improv, an impressive rookie season and deserve serious consideration. Craig in the car, back to talk about Mac Jones. You're next here on the Shaw's Patriots post-game show. Hey, Craig. Hey, how are we doing? Good, what's up? Hey, Mac Jones versus Trevor Lawrence. I think where they land is all that matters. I think if yep. Trevor came to New England, we would be way better. I'm not saying I don't like Mac, but... I see what you mean, Craig, and I'm with you on this. I think, you know, maybe too much was probably going to be made by certain segments of the, the Patriots fan base today, uh, Greg, that come out of this scene like, well, the Patriots got it right. Mac, greater than symbol over Trevor Lawrence. It just, it, I think it has to do with the situation. Like, I, if you can't look at Trevor Lawrence, whether not so much today, but just even highlights of him this year, or you saw him play at Clemson and say, that guy's not talented, well, you're sticking your head in the sand. It's, he's just in a very bad situation, a la Peyton Manning in 1998 when he was a rookie, or when, um, uh, when, when Troy Aikman was first with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, it's just a, it's a horrific operation. Yeah, n no question. And by the way, Joe, I was just looking at um, at Chase's stats, and I don't think these are updated in terms of NFL.com and where. But I mean, he's basically top ten in everything. And to me, if you're doing that as a rookie, and and with a signature game like this, I'm sorry, I'm giving I'm giving Jamar Chase the offensive mm. rookie of the year. I just I, I just am. He's been for his position. He's been that. In, 
that that impressive. Got a week to get um, that bet in, by the way, if you want. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there, there you go. Mm. Um, you know, I, I completely agree with Craig that I'm a big, uh, you know, nurture over nature thing when it comes to quarterbacks. To me, you know, and I basically like lived it, you know, watching Alex Smith being drafted first overall by a terrible 49ers or, organization at that time. Um, and basically being run out of football for a time before he had to resuscitate his career, be rehabilitated by Andy Reid in Kansas City, whereas Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for three years and took control of you know a team that was uh, in the NFC Championship game. You know, if you put Mac Jones on the Jaguars, he probably doesn't make it out of the season. He's probably out for the year with some sort of injury. Uh, the Patriots do a great job of protecting him and you know giving a running game don't put them out there unless they absolutely have to and they're trailing big and you know you put trevor lawrence here i think because of the different offenses they ran in college that mac basically ran a pro style system at alabama uh trevor lawrence ran you know the you know the read option and and things like that the simple sort of system at clemson uh they run one of the simplest uh systems in in college football he was going to. He was not going to start as fast here, but I think by the end of the season he would have grown by leaps and bounds. And you know, you give the running option that you have with Trevor Lawrence. I think he would have been very impressive here. I think he would have done what Mac has done, if not been a little bit better, made them a little bit more dangerous. Um, but there's no question that where a quarterback lands, if if he doesn't get out of there, and with the way they're headed, with sort of how they're going to go about the GM and the coach and things like that. Trevor Lawrence has no shot at an NFL career, and that says nothing about Trevor Lawrence. It says everything about the Jaguars. One more segment to go with Greg Bedard before he wraps up at 617-779-0985. You want to join and ask Greg a question about the Patriots' blowout win over the Jaguars today. More about that final score in case you missed it with Joe Murray. He'll get you caught up at the headlines. But first, we need to pause 10 seconds for station identification here in the Safety Insurance 98.5 Sports of Patriots Radio Network. 43-yard field goal try toward the enclosed end, the south end of Gillette Stadium coming up for Nick Folk. Stands in the staggered stance. Waits on the snap from Cardona to Bailey. It's in place. The kick is driven toward the uprights, and the kick is good. Another from Nick Folk inside of 50 yards. That's his league-litty 35th field goal of the season, and it's his 54th in a row inside of 50. Yeah, 43-yarder from Nick Folk to make it 44-3 New England at that time en route to their 50-10 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars today. This season is part of the Apex Cares program. Apex Entertainment donating $100 to the New England Center for Children for every converted field goal, every point. Every dollar helps. Get more information for yourself at apexentertainment.com. Shaw's Patriots postgame show with Jim Murray, Joe Murray, in our final segment here this week with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. You hear the numbers there from Bob Sosi, Greg. I think Nick Folk this year is like top three uh, in the league in terms of kicking. Like if you, It's a got-to-have-it field goal, and it's within 50 yards. He's going to get it. I think it's Tucker, uh, who is it, Butker with, uh, with Kansas City, and, and Folk. Like those are the three guys I think are maybe the most reliable, certainly in the AFC. But these extra points, eh, a little shaky. So... I don't know. Do you, am I overrating Nick Falcon for what he's meant to this team? Just not this year. The last two years, really. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, you know how I feel about special teams. You can sort of do it on your own time. I mean, I view the, the Patriots and field goal kicking has just been, you know, automatic or at least, you know, near the top 
as far as I'm concerned, the whole time here, and I basically take it as a given. Uh, I think that – I think, like you said, Nick Folk uh, during a game, uh, anything inside of 53 yards, he's pretty much automatic. And, I, you know, I'm good with that. And the occasional extra point miss, uh, you know, well, not great. Uh, I'd rather have him over Goskowski when it comes to that. That's for sure, especially in a playoff game or or a big game. But yeah, I think he's I think he's really good. How valuable he's been, you know, I'm not sure. I'd rather they score more points and 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 get more pressures on the quarterback. But uh, he's certainly done a really nice job. Uh, just next week with Miami, uh, I know they lost today to, to Tennessee. Um, they were on a short week. Tennessee had some time to kind of let it sit in a little bit here, but uh, they're really good against the run. I think they're seventh in the league in, uh, in stopping the run. And Jalen Waddle's been a real big impact for, for Tua. Um, what do you think the game plan is next week? Are they going to try to run the football on that team? Are they, you know, obviously, well, Nelson, you think Nelson Aguilar will be ready for that one? And um, how do you think they approach Miami next week? And I think they're out of it now, right? I don't think Miami has a shot after losing um, this week. But I think they do. Oh, they but still have it. All right, I'm so they're sure. still in it. But hey, that's always a house of horrors, right? Playing in Miami. Yep. I mean, they've the Dolphins have beaten them three out of the last four meetings. Um, so yeah, it's no given. I just looked at the weather; it's going to be eighty degrees, almost seventy percent humidity. So good luck with all that um, coming from New England. That's going to be an issue. Cramping is going to be an issue. Uh, you look back on the first game. Damian Harris ran for 100 yards, but it wasn't easy. Uh, he did it on 23 carries. Mack had uh, 39 attempts. It looked like the Patriots, if I remember correctly, basically you know gave up on uh, on the, the the run there for a while, even though it was a close game because I, I, they weren't having much luck. Uh, Brian Flores knows exactly, and so do a lot of defenders on that team. They know exactly how to play this Dolphins offense. Uh, to me, uh, I mean the Patriots offense. To me, I'm really interested. I think this – forget the Jaguars game. To me, if Mac Jones and the offense, especially the passing offense, can go out against the Dolphins team that's really good in the secondary, that knows how to play them, uh, if they can go out there and have a really good game, then I, then I will be very excited about what they might be able to do in the postseason. I think this is a great way for them to finish up. Uh, no matter what happens down there, it's it's a good litmus test. Um, it's one of the better pass defenses that they're going to face, and uh, I'm looking forward to watching them uh, answer this challenge. Matt Middleton, next year on the Shaw's Patriots post game show, joined by Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. Hello, Matt. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I just wanted to get some thoughts on this. So I actually have been to three games this year. All of them are big blowouts. I went to the Falcons game and uh, the Jets game and today's Jags game. And I was just curious what you guys thought about the fact that, like, every time we face these uh, slumping, really not good teams, we obliterate them. Whereas, like, today we saw the Jets put up a good fight against Tampa. We saw the Bills lose to the Jags earlier in the year. So what do you guys think? Does that mean anything for the team that every time we have a team that we should be taking care of business with, we do it, whereas everybody else is a little bit shakier. Thanks, Matt. I'll start quickly, and I've said this. I said it during the, the winning streak, Greg. I think it's it's impressive, and it also speaks to how well-coached they are, and it's like a staple of Bill Belichick. They're not going to play down to these crap teams. The one crap team that they played down to was Houston. That's early on when they're trying to find their way this season, and they won that one. You don't see like you. The, the caller's right. Like, 
the Bucks having to come down to the you know the the end of the game and the final possession to, against the the Jets. Like you don't see that with this Patriots team. Yeah, I I I have long thought this. I'm with you, Jim. I I have thought that that has been more about the Patriots organization. Uh, you know, the type of players that they bring in, um, how they don't look ahead. I think that's more about how the Patriots do their business than actually about any of their teams. I mean, it's it's shocking if a Patriots team doesn't show up and, and, and play well. They they always have, like, one game a year where you're like, what what just happened with that? Like, one loss where you're just like, how did that even happen? Other teams have, like, three or four of those losses. Right. That's That's how other teams go. And the Patriots just – because of the coaching, how they run their program, they they're they're sort of they stay out of that, which is great. But I will point out, you know, look, because I, I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, look, they blew up the Jets, they put up a fifty burger on the Jets, and then they went on a you know they went on a seven game winning streak. You know, just remember the Patriots put up that fifty burger, and then the next week in San Diego or in L.A. against the Chargers, who are a decent team. The offense really wasn't very good, and it was an Adrian Phillips pick six that won the game. I mean, Mac Jones went from putting up 50-plus points against the Jets to completing 51% of his passes uh, against the Chargers. They didn't – Damian Harris averaged 3.5 yards a carry in that game. Stevenson was worse. They weren't very good offensively in the next game. They did win, but that was a, that was a defensive win against Justin Herbert. Um, so – to me, that just tells you that there's no real carryover from these games, especially for the offense. And, you know, they need to really bring their A game against Miami if they're going to finish off with a win. Brian in the car on Trevor Lawrence. You're next here on the Sean's Patriots postgame show. Hey, Brian. Hey, what's up, guys? Love you, Jim. Love you, Greg. Bedar, you're my favorite person to listen to on the radio. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Appreciate it. You're welcome. Of course. I love it. I love your commentary. But um, Trevor Lawrence, he gets compared a lot to – I hear Peyton Manning, I hear Andrew Luck, but honestly, the, we're both in similar situations that Trevor Lawrence currently is in the Jaguar. Bad up the line, bad defense, mediocre receivers, and he is not playing as well. Is he a bust, or am I missing something? Thanks, Brian. I don't, well, like, so, if, if I remember correctly, Peyton Manning was, what, 1-15? in 15, His It was bad early, yeah. Year? It yeah. was bad his first year, and he was bad his first year. He had a lot of picks that first year. I, I You know... Trevor Lawrence certainly, to me, I think the biggest – there's a couple things that I see when I watch him. Number one, his motion is way too long for the pro game. It needs to be tightened up, and he, his his delivery needs to be much quicker at the next level. And, you know, it, I don't, I, I'm going to chalk this up to coaching right now and not having a coach that really gives him a good plan and is teaching him the proper way. And that, you know, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot between the ears – that, you know, the, like there's a lot going, you know, that he's not anticipating a lot. And I think some of that is from Clemson, where it was really like, you know, the college game is so different and the amount of talent he was playing with compared to some of the other teams. Uh, you know, he's not that cerebral quarterback. And you really need the right teacher to to instruct a, a quarterback on that, you know, like, you know, with Josh McDaniels or even a Brian Dayball in, um, in, in Buffalo. I think that you could draw a lot of comparisons between Lawrence and Josh Allen when they came out. They were very similar players from similar systems, similar builds, 
And he's gotten taught the right way. And he's come so far in terms of what he does before snap where Trevor Lawrence, it looks like that's not even on his radar at this point. And it's got to be if he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. That 98 Colts team, they were 3-13, and and uh, Peyton Manning, 28 interceptions in that rookie season. Did have 26 touchdowns, so, you know, maybe it's too early to compare that rookie season to Trevor Lawrence because he's only got the nine touchdowns to the 14 picks. But, uh, yeah, no, they were wretched, absolutely wretched. So you're back to the normal schedule, right? You'll, uh, we'll see you Tuesday, Big Boy Tuesday with Felger and Mouse. Absolutely. All right, Greg Bernard, Greg Bernard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com, and uh, we will talk to you Tuesday. Happy New Year, Greg. Sounds good. Happy New Year, boys. Yes, Happy New Year to you as well.